All right, people, let's do this one last time. This is the way. Who am I? I am Iron Man. Romamu, I've come to bargain. We know each other. He's a friend from work. You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Beware my power. Green Lantern's life. That is America's ass. Language. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. I am inevitable. Stop right there. I'm in. Welcome, everybody, back to the Flavor of the Geek podcast, where we talk about all things geek. My name is Matthew. This is episode 46, and I'm joined today, as always, by my brother, Stephen Reyes. How are you doing today, Stephen? Man, they just got to give Angela Bassett an Oscar at this point. That was a tremendous performance. Had me at the edge of my seat the entire time that she was on the screen. Sure. Oh, Wakanda forever, man. Wakanda forever. (laughs) Wakanda forever. That's right. Yeah, so that movie actually came out last week, and that's going to be our first topic of today. Uh, So we have a few different topics to talk about, Um, one being Black Panther, Wakanda forever, and then there's a few other things going on in the Sony universe and the Marvel universe, as well as Star Wars. And then at the very end of this, we're going to do a Thanksgiving draft where we draft our top three people in the superhero universes that we would like to bring to Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, so we'll do that at the very end. But of course, the, our, the time codes are below. So if you want to jump around throughout, feel free to do that. But yeah, Stephen, let's get into it. How you, how you been? I know we've been a while since we've recorded. So I just, uh, just want to check yeah. in. How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm very excited to be coming back home for Thanksgiving. It's been, it's been a interesting time. I mean, starting a new job uh, like a month or two ago. Um, yeah. Still getting used to that that whole process because there are some days where I'm getting up at three thirty, four o'clock just to get to the job on time because. We there's a couple of jobs we have going on at the same time, and uh, it's difficult to to be able to get ready in the morning and get everything done I need to do and like get ready for the day. Right. Like prepare myself for the day. Unless I unless I get up early, which yeah, so it's it's been a interesting process. Um but it's it's going well. It's going well. I actually I didn't tell you or mom this. Uh, I got into a show. Oh you did Nice. Yeah. Uh which show is it? Yeah. It's uh have you heard the the show uh Little Women? Yes, I have. They mention it once in uh in Friends, Joey reads the book. Yes, I have. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. So it's a, a book adap- adapted into a, a musical and I am I'm going to be it's going to it's a it's a I would say a minor role, but uh it's my first time doing a musical in 2 years and it's my first time really going into a semi-professional uh, theater in a while so uh nice dude. My, congratulations my, my, thank you thank you getting myself back out there um it's nerve-wracking it really is because a part <laughs> of me thought that i put uh theater behind me but people kept telling me you know you're not done i'm like okay we'll see. <laughs> and then ended up happening so i'm excited about that i really am good no i'm happy to hear that yeah. 
Uh, yeah, congratulations, little woman. And that's going to be in, in, in Florida, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Nice. The, uh, rehearsals start in December, and it goes up in February, if I'm not mistaken. I will look at the, uh, yeah, the first show, I believe, is in February. Nice. So that gives you some time to really prepare myself. But uh, how about you? What are you up to? Oh, what am I up to? Well, I just got back from Orlando, as you know, because we met up while we were down there. Uh, oh, did we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were there for two two weeks, and we kind of we worked from home some of the days, and then went to the Disney park some of the days, and we, I mean, of course, we had the tropical storm. Uh, was it Nicole? Was that what her name was? Nicole, while we were down there? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there have been like three tropical storms since the hurricane, and they all blend together at this point. They're like, all right, we're having a big meeting. It's going to be another <laughs> tropical storm. We're like, all right, cool. Good, good to know. <laughs> good to know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, everything's everything's going good, man. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be back talking about geek stuff with my brother. But <laughs> yeah, but let's let's get into it because I, I know that you always prepare notes for for shows and movies. I do want to hear. I want want you to start pull out all the stops. Give me your reaction and thoughts on Black Panther: Wakanda Forever that came out last week. Has seen great reviews. Has been doing very well at the box office. So you tell me, what did you think about that movie? Okay, so. I believe that this was the best way to end phase four of the MCU. This phase was about going through loss and starting anew, and we lost the core members of the Avengers and other characters that that we uh, came to, to love in the MCU for the first three phases. And in the same phase where we lost these members of, the, of our, our most favorite, um, most favorite crews, we also were introduced to the characters who were going to be taking over the mantles of these characters. Mm-hmm. We witnessed the loss of some very key characters in the MCU, and we also witnessed the introductions of some key characters to come into the next phase. Now, what better way to end this transitional phase, as I'm going to call it, than this, with a story about loss and renewal? Yeah. Now, Black Panther 2 started the way that I suspected it was going to. With a tribute to Chadwick Boseman, which I'm gr- very glad they did. Um, even more powerful is that they didn't have any music behind uh, the introduction, which I thought was very powerful. It gave us a, a moment of silence to honor Chadwick Boseman um, in the, the intro. And then they give you the off-screen death of T'Challa, which I also believed, I, I believe I said that, they, they were, that's what I thought they were going to do. Right. But man, when that scene happened... Everyone in the theater was completely attentive in this moment. And dang, like everyone was sad at the, from the beginning. I've never seen people cry at the very beginning of a movie. Yeah. Usually it happens in the middle or at the end or whatever, but right from the beginning, everyone's just solemn, sitting in solemn silence or whatever the saying, saying is. They just, everyone was mourning the loss going into this movie. Like We all knew we we all knew what what to expect um when going in we were like there's no there's no more Chadwick Boseman and that's a bummer in itself and right. it sucks but they made you feel it and they they didn't actually bring up his death that much in the movie they just dealt with the consequences of his death like 
Right. Like all these things. They didn't territories. really want to make it a plot point, but because of it, right. like the actor obviously really died in real life. So they were trying right. to bring it up, like make sure people knew, but not not make it a plot point of the movie, like move forward from it almost. Exactly. But yeah. 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 And um, so this next point, it, 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 it goes off of the first thing that I said about, you know, loss and renewal. And just like the like the MCU and all the fans, they're all dealing with this this loss in the same way, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out a way through it to the next phase. This movie is doing the exact same thing because after T'Challa's death, which is off screen and I think pretty pretty dang well done. I mean, they didn't actually explain the full details of the death, which I think is good. To not go too far into detail, but if if Shuri right. can't cure him, then you know it's a very serious thing. Like it was something that could not be helped. Like she might have come close to 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 helping him out, but she was just a little bit too late. And that's just powerful. Yeah. Now the rest of the movie is spent with the their backs t- to the wall. It's every single nation against Wakanda. And now that the Black Panther is gone, and there's no true leader of Wakanda at this moment, aside, I'm, I, I know that that, that um, the mother of Ram- the child, Ramon- Ramonda, Ram- Ramonda, yeah. yeah, she took over, she took charge. But without Black Panther being there, all these other countries felt like they had a step up against Wakanda. They felt like they, they could just pull a fast one and find their way, their way to the vibranium to find their way to power over Wakanda. They thought that they were very vulnerable and in a way they were very vulnerable. They had their backs against the walls, but you better not underestimate Wakanda. You better not underestimate the the people in Wakanda because they are some tough people. They are some really tough people and you see their struggle throughout like Oh my goodness. Like I was at the edge of my seat this entire movie. There was not a boring part in this movie. I know. There was not a single dull moment. Like every moment mattered. It counted. And I loved it because it wasn't just Shuri dealing with the consequence. It wasn't just Ramonda. It was Okoye and Shuri and Ramonda and even Riwi a little bit, Riwi Williams. Even what the heck's his name? The um, Everett Ross. Everett Ross, like all these different people, are dealing with the loss of T'Challa and the the uh, the changing of the of the 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 reins in um, in Wakanda, and they all have their backs against the wall. Yeah. And it doesn't help when you get introduced to a totally new uh, civilization. With um with Namor and the the, the Collins is that what they are the Collins? <laughs> the tal- Talocons Talocons I believe Talocons thank you yeah. there you go Talocons yeah <laughs> with Namor and the Talocons like just they introduce them at a moment where they're already dealing with so much so to add that on top of it like motherfucker what's going on yeah here? I didn't look up and, his backstory in the com I didn't look up his backstory before seeing the movie but I actually thought it was very interesting his backstory. Uh, And I think they explained it very well. Right. Like this was one of those those very rare moments where 
The villain explains their backstory, and I wasn't bored right. by it. I thought it was very relevant. It just because a lot of times it feels so generic when a villain's talking about the stories, but yeah. this was a very unique one for the MCU and a gutsy one at, at that too. Because you know they could have, they probably could have told one a whole bunch of different ways in telling um, Namor's story, but. I was very intrigued the entire time listening to it. Yeah. And going through like how he just became this not I can't he wasn't a rageful person, but he became vengeful when it came down to the people who were being like the the moment when he comes he goes out of the water with the Talicans <laughs> and he witnesses slavery for the most part and he just like, Motherfucker, no. We're done with this. This is not a thing. I'm like, that's cool. I like to see that. You know, it feels like a, a nice step up. Um, it's very what Marvel's brand is. They stepped away from it for a little bit. Like Phase Four, they've done a lot of ballsy things, like in, in, introducing things, um, which I think is is a great idea. Um, but with uh, Ikoye, I'm gonna go to Ikoye for a second. Okay. There were there was a moment where uh, like three or four moments where I thought I think she, she was, was gonna, gonna die <laughs> yeah me I too. thought she was gonna die and <laughs> I was nervous as hell like on like on the bridge when she's fighting off against the, yeah. that uh, Talican dude and like he pulls her into her own spear and she just I'm pretty sure dislocates her arm and all that and I'm like I was like oh my god no please do not do what I think you're gonna do and then when she jumps in the water again, I thought they were going to find a way to kill her or drown her or something. Like, there were so many moments, and I fucking love Okoye. I don't want her to die. I know. So, uh, I think her name is Denaya Guerrero? Yes, Denaya Guerrero is the actress's name. Yep. Beautiful performance by her. Um, beautiful performance by um, Letitia Wright. Like, I thought I didn't yeah. know how I was, how was going to feel about her portrayal of Shiri in this movie just because of all the drama that has been surrounding this movie but I really loved her, her performance um, in this movie and her portrayal and like her kind of taking over the mantle I didn't think it was overdone it didn't feel like this excessive woke thing that some people a lot of people have been complaining about with Marvel like they say that Marvel's become way too woke or whatever I don't think this was anything like that. It it didn't feel like extra woke. It felt it felt very necessary. It felt very deserved, deserving. Yeah. Um, with the outcome of everything going on, like she didn't take the mantle right away, and like she, she, she did her own side quest kind of thing, without taking control fully. Like you had Ramonda for that for the most part of the movie, and it wasn't until after Ramonda kind of gets kicked out yeet it out um <laughs> where like, shuri out. finally takes yeah where shuri and the rest of the wakandans take charge and my goodness what a fight between shuri and uh namor i i wish it was longer that's the only thing i will complain about is that i wish the fight was longer between her and namor and then with the wakandans and the talicans yeah. on the ship only thing I, I did not understand. I understood why they did it but I also didn't because they went out in the middle of the ocean I, I know they think the technology was great on a boat on a boat that 
could sink. Right. And then they're right. like sitting, they're sitting ducks out there. But no, they are. It was crazy. Well, I was I think... like, why would you do this? Why would you do this to yourself? <laughs> well, oh, man. I think their main point was that they knew that they needed to separate Namor in some way. And they only, the way they knew that they could get Namor out there was by giving him the, the first uh, field of, advantage you know right you're at you're in water like it's think about it as like godzilla and king kong okay godzilla and king kong's first fight in that movie was on water what is king kong not good at swimming swimming. (laughs) what was godzilla really good at swimming there you go yeah so he has the advantage there so but of course that wasn't planned this was planned it was mainly just (laughs) like lure them out knowing that they that that the Talokins and Namor would think they had the advantage, which they did because they killed so many people. But at the whole end game here was to stop Namor. And if you can get Namor to yield, no one else is coming. Yeah. Everyone loves Namor so much. Like if you saw what Talokin, the civilization looked like when he was in pr- the presence of his people, it wasn't a bowing situation. They just showed and the utmost respect for him. Right. And I, I was absolutely loving the uh, the CGI with uh, the underwater CGI. Yeah, that was that good. Civilization. That was really good. Yes. Yeah. I, I do have a comment on CGI, but we can get to that. I mean, we can talk, it, we're talking about it right now. But yeah, I really like the underwater CGI. That was really well done. The one thing I don't like is, well, for example, the Ironheart suit. It didn't. It didn't. Yep. It didn't look good, and I was like, "This looks terrible." Come on, it, it's way too saturated. It's just I don't know. It just yeah. It, it feels yeah. It felt weird. Yeah. And now that's something that I I have to give to Tony Stark now. I know because if this 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 girl who is an absolute genius, I think at MIT. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, she's an MIT MIT student. She's an absolute genius. She creates this suit with. All of the the technology at her, at her disposal. If she does this, Iron Man built a fucking boulder of a suit in a cave with scraps. Yeah. And then after he escapes with that that freaking suit, he builds hundreds and and no thousands of these kinds of suits. Barely, it feels like he wasn't even trying. So that's where you have to really, really sit down and respect what Tony Stark was able to do because that's just so admirable. Like he, yeah. he, his technology, it improved with every single mock with between the Mach one all the way to the Mach like a thousand. It felt like, I don't even know. Like the, the, um, the improvements that he had with each mock is just beautiful. You know, the first one was just standard, you know, you could flip up and it's like that. The next one had the shields, had the laser, it had this and that. Like it, all the different kinds of, of technology was beautiful to watch with Tony Stark. Uh, yeah, inventing them. So I agree. This shows you that it's not that easy to build one of these suits. It, like, not even the bit the the best geniuses on this planet could figure out how to build one to like the same par as Tony Stark's. So that's the what I took away from it. I still very I really appreciated seeing an iron man suit or that kind of suit come into play again because it's been a while and i cannot wait to see what 
she can build now that she is Ironheart, and maybe she has the technology of the Wakandans at her favor to build a better one. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's not or just a more practical one, you know, like no, this. Yeah, this this was complete CGI. It seemed in that that suit. So I I'm hoping that they do something similar to what they did in Iron Man one and two, where like the actor is wearing like the top half of the armor and because that's what they did with tony stark oh, with yeah, with yeah. um yep. yeah yeah that's, that's what they did with uh, robert downey jr they they gave him the top half of the suit but of course then he was wearing like like uh black pants with a bunch of dots on the and the uh, on his pants so that way oh, yeah. um they could cgi that. the the bottom part on but it was just all it was more practical now it's just more cgi and i didn't like it that much it didn't look good but no, yeah, you know, I agree. you know, I but agree. I, I hope because they, they were, Shuri said we got to keep the suit, you know. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. So I'm hoping that she's able to build something that's a little, a little bit more like the first one we saw in the movie, right? We saw one in the beginning of the movie in her shop. I like that one way more than I like the other one, right? Because uh, I mean, oh, yeah. it didn't have a lot of armor on it. It just really was kind of <laughs> just a, like uh, I don't even know how, what to say about it. But it wasn't really an armor. It wouldn't really protect you from from blasts or anything like that. But it was really cool. It was kind of like the Mach One, like you were mentioned about Tony Stark. But then the next one, I hope we get is something more along that lines, with uh, just a little bit more added in instead of the cgi thing we got in black panther what kind of forever but i liked Riri williams she was really funny <laughs> she was really funny and i was not expecting to like her as much as i did obviously i read her i read a couple of her comics and she was a great a great character and but i just i was hoping that they would do something great with her and they they did pretty well i'm not sure if they needed her in the movie but it definitely was was cool to see because when um who was it? Was it Nakia and Riri, right? When they're giving the heart-shaped herb to uh, to Shuri, right? Is that who it was? Nakia and and Riri Williams? Or was it somebody else that was with her? Um, I forget. No, that was... Uh, it was Nakia, right? Nakia. It was Nakia and and Riri who were with Shuri when, they made, when she put the heart-shaped herb into her. Yeah, that's who it was. But yeah, yeah so I, like I said, I'm not sure. It was kind of like a comic relief situation because I don't think we needed it, but it was definitely it definitely added a little bit to it, the movie. And I'm looking forward to seeing her her show at some point in the future, which is going to be called Ironheart. I think it has six episodes, so that'll probably be out in 2024. I don't think they've filmed it yet. I might be wrong about that. It might actually be out next year. But yeah, what did you think about Ironheart? I like the introduction of Ironheart in this movie. Uh, Riri Williams, she is that kind of character that uh, can be funny without <laughs> trying to be funny. Right, exactly, you know, yeah. It, it, <laughs> like I, I feel like um, a lot of different, um, a lot of different franchises. Oh no, a lot of different movies and TV shows of the MCU as of late. They've relate they they've relied on um, pop culture references and other diff- other kinds of of jokes to mm-hmm. be funny. Like they, they feel like they were trying way too hard on these jokes. Mm-hmm. They didn't really need to be. It just could be it could be natural. It could be naturally funny just by the reactions of people and certain things. But Riri Williams' reactions to everything was just gold in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and she does she wasn't even like too 
involved in the plot. I know that she is like the main reason why everyone's like, oh, we got to protect her. And then Namor is saying we had to kill her. And then the, the people outside are like, we got to we got to take her down, you know? Yeah, right. And then Rakana's like, we got to protect her. Like, she's the main part in that regard. But yeah, as yeah, far yeah. As being involved, involved, like she wasn't involved that much. And when she was involved, like <laughs> it was funny. It really was funny. Naturally. I didn't, it wasn't just, uh, it was cringy. Uh, why would you say that? No, what she was saying was funny. <laughs> What she was saying was relevant, and I liked it. And I am hoping to see her more in the MCU in Phase Five, especially because I feel like she could be very useful. You know, with Shuri and Riri's brain, apart from maybe Reed Richards' brain, and uh, I don't even know who else. But, like you put all these these characters together in one room. Oh my goodness, uh, that would be yep. a sight to see, and I cannot wait. Yep. It's gonna happen. It's really expanding upon. The, uh, the multiverse here in the, in the MCU. And I I know that she wasn't in it that much, but I loved it. I really did love her character so much. Yeah. Um, I wish that we had seen M'Baku a little bit more. I know that it wasn't about him. There's a lot more be t- story to be told outside of him, but I'm hoping that they can make him more relevant with the, the next upcoming films or TV series that he is included in. Because I feel like there's a lot to be to be told about about him. Uh, like he's come so far between like Black Panther one all the way to now, and yeah, I just, I just, I, I fight for him. I really do. Now, I have two things to say. Next, I apologize. I'm taking up part no, of your time. Go for it. But uh, the first thing. I was not expecting to see Michael B. Jordan. I was <laughs> I not know. expecting to see Killmonger up there when she, when uh, Shuri was uh, taking the uh, the Black Panther juice or whatever you call it. <laughs> yep. the, the herb, the herb. Yeah, I was like, this is definitely Ramonda. It has to be Ramonda. Come on, either that or maybe her father. I was like, maybe her father's that's a decent one, you know, because you wouldn't expect it. You'd be like, oh, the mother who just died. Spoiler alert. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe even like hearing the voice of T'Challa and like forming a full like full sentence or a full like monologue on words that he has said in the past installments mm-hmm. that he was in you know uh, but they didn't do either of that they were like you know what let's just throw in Killmonger here because it throws <laughs> a little bit of a spiciness your way because now Killmonger is telling her take your revenge you know you want to everyone thought I was a madman for doing it but you know what I was right and I'm like fuck in this moment i think sherry needs to be not just complacent or anything she needs to be assertive and that's what she did at the end and oh my goodness you could see the true like transition between what she was in the first part of the movie all the way to the end yeah and i think a a part of that was a great job of putting him in the movie and i I wasn't expecting it yes i agree with you that was that was an amazing scene was not expecting it i had told when when about where when she was about to take the heart shit herb, I t- went over to Tori and was like, hey, I wonder who she's going to see. Because, of course, in the Black Panther movie, um, T'Challa saw his father and he yells at him and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I was really, I didn't think it was going to be the mother. I was like, "This it can't be the mother because she just saw her. Like I was thinking it was going to be a CGI Chadwick Boseman. And uh, I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't be. And I was like, I hope they just do something different. But I was not expecting Killmonger. So it was definitely a big surprise for me, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that 
I I just hope that opens up more doors for Killmonger in the MCU. I know that they're they're going to be doing Secret Wars. They're it's just it's it's almost inevitable that they're going to do this. And I know there have been hints that they're going to be recasting um, uh, T'Challa for at least the like the multiverse purposes. They don't need to. And if they they do, a part of me wants to see an alternate reality version of T'Challa where it's Killmonger. But dude, you know, but they already recasted like, T'Challa. Michael B. Jordan. They did. Do you see the post credit scene? Uh, was there a there, wait? There was two. No, there was, was one. one. My name is Prince T'Challa. Oh, I see. What My saying. name is Prince T'Challa. Okay. So what the That's directors and writers decided okay. to do okay. is decided in order to continue T'Challa's story, they decided to make his son T'Challa, and which was perfect because in the comics he doesn't in the comics in the MCU six one six universe he he doesn't have a son, but there is like a in a post apocalyptic universe multiverse universe that he does have a son with with sue storm sue storm yeah right <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah that's, yeah sue storm that's, that's no not not sue, sue storm storm no sue storm just regular storm <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he does have a super powered son but but now he has t'challa so that's the way because everyone was like recast and don't recast recast don't recast we gotta, well, no, no. For if, this universe, yeah, that's yeah. fine with me. I'm, I'm fine with the sun being the child. But I'm, I'm saying, like, in the multiverse, I can definitely see them just putting Michael B. Jordan in as an yeah. alternate reality uh, T'Challa. Because it would be like, what it would happen if T'Challa wasn't benevolent? What if he was a ruthless king, a ruthless ruler, one that didn't show mercy? And I believe that is what Killmonger is. And... You, you, you don't have Michael B. Jordan in there for just a, a one movie deal and that's it. And then like just like a little clip here and there, like he has to be more relevant than that. Yeah. Which then gives you more opportunity to see Mermonda again because if she's a part of the the uh, multiverse as well in other um, Wakanda Wakandan um, civilizations on other universes, that'd be awesome too. Because I I t- I couldn't get enough of her character because. I don't think that she was, she was um, utilized to the best of her ability in the first movie, and I get why it wasn't that way. Because yeah, I, have, a lot I have the same the comments. I have the same comments about well, her. Yep. Yeah, but oh my goodness! Like in the trailer, they had showed her giving a huge speech. Now I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought when she was giving that speech, she was giving it to Namor or one of the other countries. She was giving that fucking speech to Okoye, and dude, <laughs> holy crap, that hit hard. Yeah. Because I'm like, why would you take down Okoye? She's your best like fighter, and she's always been loyal. But when she sits down and like that she tells tough. you the reasoning behind it, I'm like, I can't argue with you there. I really can't. And in that moment, I thought to myself, Angela Bassett, you are just a phenomenal actress, and I feel like she's not given enough credit. I feel like. Oh, I need to see her and more because <laughs> that was a, a thrilling performance on her part all the way up until her, her demise in the movie. And I just, oh, I could not get enough of it because I was so scared going into this that there was going to be this weird uh, fight for power on who's going to get the big screen, like who's going to get the uh, majority of screen time to replace Jack Bozeman being there, you know, like who are they going to focus on? And 
they kind of had everyone at the same time like sharing the screen in different ways to, because everyone had this own time this own kind of relevance to the plot that was that was taking place but Angela Bassett held her own um yeah. with Ramonda and with Wakanda and everything else that was going on like I didn't when they first showed her on the screen I was like okay she's the she's taking over again as the ruler so you know We'll see what happens, but no, I mean, I put all my faith in her. I was like, you know what? Even when you guys are, you're, you're the chips are down and people are laughing and your backs are against the wall, like, I still had faith just because she was there. Yeah, and she was a main reason why Wakanda succeeded in the first place because she was that transitional piece between Black Panther to Black Panther, which sounds weird, but like T'Challa, <laughs> sure, because right. if it wasn't for her, none of this happens because. Her death sends everyone's um, gears into into motion. It's just, it's, it, it had to be that way, which sucks because I didn't want her to die. And I part of me thought she wasn't going to die. I was like, oh, shit, she got above the water. You know, she's good. But no, she didn't make it. And let me tell you, when they said she's gone, there were people that gasped. They didn't expect that, and I didn't expect it either. But, yeah, like, the way they reacted, I was like, they, they it shows she did an amazing job where people actually cared. They were sitting they're on the edge of their seats as well. Like, no. Oh, it sucked to yeah, see her. Yeah, it was a powerful she... performance for sure. Yeah. But uh very very interesting to see Everett Ross in the movie again and uh <laughs> as well as uh Val? Val, yeah, Val, his his wife, Val. his ex-wife. His wife. I was not I'm expecting like, that at all. There no. was so many like surprises in this movie. I was like, the hell? For they sure. were married. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Boy. Oh yeah. I was oh, that was there great. Was so much to be said. But you know what? I just there have been a lot of disappointments in my opinion in the last couple of years post Endgame. Um I, I'm not gonna call Spider-Man Far From Home a disappointment. There were parts where it disappointed me, but post-pandemic, TV shows in the 2021 I thought did very well, whereas I think that it kind of lacked in the in the cinematic. Are you talking universe. about No Way Home or Far From Home? No, Far From Home in 2019. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Because that was the ending of Phase 3, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so, yeah. That was the ending of Phase 3. Yeah, yeah, three. so... Yep. Yeah, so um, post Endgame, that's uh, that's that, that was my main point. Post Endgame, not really including Far From Home because that was uh, still in Phase Three, but like Phase Four, like the cinematic universe, it felt like they kind of struggled a little bit um, for the last couple of years. The right. TV series were doing very well. I, I really love the slate they had last year. This year, um, it was a little bit more challenging to get on board with because it just yeah. didn't feel it felt like we were kind of falling away from what the MCU had done very well uh, there were some experimental parts which is great to see um, I love to see that they're kind of expanding away from the uh, formula but there are still a lot of things that need to be worked on um, but ending the, the phase 4 with this movie and um, ending the year with this movie, I think was the smartest decision because I feel like if you would have had this movie at the beginning of this year or even last year, you 
you have nowhere else to go from there because <laughs> I don't I I'm not gonna lie to you I don't think Doctor Strange Thor Love and Thunder Spider-Man No Way Home I don't think any of these movies compare to the 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 magnitude of this movie this movie was just above and beyond everyone's expectations in in my opinion um and it was above and beyond the other movies that it was competing against this year. And to say goodbye to a very beloved character, a couple of beloved characters, um, to have that farewell tribute kind of thing for Chadwick Boseman, beautiful. Um, and then to saying, in a symbolic way, while we are transitioning into the next phase, we're also transitioning um, through this difficult time. And I loved it. I really did. Yep. And I really wished after they showed that mid credit scene with uh, T'Challa Jr. <laughs> that there was going to be another scene somewhere. Um, and nobody left the theater. We were all sitting there waiting. And all of a sudden it says, Marvel Studios presents blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden it, the thing went dark and the curtain closed. And we're all like, what? Are you serious? That's it? No. <laughs> uh, yep. But, man. Yep. I cannot wait for more. I really can't. I agree. Uh, so overall, this movie to me was just like, I feel like it, it was a great emotional tribute to the late Chadwick Boseman. Like he, it pays, it pays so much for this movie. Um, it was, it was just great. And I, I love the beginning, how, like you mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, you mentioned that they didn't really explain it too much. They just called it what they called it a, an illness, right? His illness. Yeah. They didn't really mention what it was, which was, which was good because diving into what it was, wasn't the point of the story. The point was that he died, right? That he died. And right. now there's grief and there's, uh, people want revenge and people are just angry so that that's really the whole point of the that part of the story, and yeah, I I think I think Shuri's arc throughout the entire movie was perfect, like it it all made sense. A young younger sister loses her older brother, and then shortly after loses her mother. Like now she's really at that point. That's the last family she had, uh, and. But yeah, until later she finds out that she also has a nephew. But still, like I loved, I loved her character. Even though back when they were filming, there were problems with the uh, the actress Letitia Wright on set. Um, do you remember the whole situation, Stephen? Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. but yeah, even I, I wasn't expecting to like her character as much because of that. But she plays an amazing character, and the anger that she feels is to- totally warranted. Um, and then, of course, wanting revenge on Namor, which we haven't really talked about the actor of Namor. Like, Namor, I, I forget his name, but I'm not going to look it up yet. But <laughs> the actor who plays Namor did it perfectly. And I really, I love the character. I love the actor's portrayal of the character. And I cannot wait to see more in the future. Because at the end of the movie, he's draw, he's painting the uh, the... Talokan first, or I guess it was him versus a panther, a black panther, uh, on the yeah. on the wall. I wasn't sure at the point what if that was him painting what had happened, or if that's him painting what's going to be coming down in line. 
But I feel like they might. They're not going to do a Wakanda versus uh, Namor again. Uh, I think we've we've gotten past that because Namor Namor is kind of an anti-hero in the comics. He's not really a villain character. So I think we'll get more more in depth and like Talokan and uh, Talokan and Namor in the future. And I really liked uh, Namora, who play who's plays like his like right hand uh, person in the movie. I liked her, and I liked at the end where she was like I. I've been following you for all this time and then all of a sudden you bow down to the Black Panther in Wakanda and he's like, I did it for a reason. Uh, she had no reason to let me live, but she did. And mm. But now, because he knows what's going on with the rest of the world and I, I am for sure certain that at some point, possibly in the third uh, Black Panther movie, we're going to be getting US versus Wakanda, right? I, at some insane, point. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Just ticks me off that like these all these other countries think that they have what it takes to step toe to toe with Wakanda. It's they it's not it's like so they do. But yeah, it's not like that that they do. They just think they do, and and I cannot wait to see what happens there because <laughs> there's something something building there, and and Namor knows that he's like they're gonna need my help at some point when the the world comes to take their vibranium. So when the world comes to take vibranium from Wakanda, Wakanda's gonna seek the help of of Namor and his uh, his warriors. So he knows this, and that's the reason why he didn't, didn't want to fight her more. Um, but yeah, that fight scene at the end was amazing. I, I agree with you. It, sh- it could have been longer, but it was really, really cool. Uh, who else? We got M'Baku, M'Baku, which I love that guy. I mean, I, again, I wish he was in there more, like you said. I wish he was in there more. Uh, Martin Freeman was a cool character to have in there, especially the fact that he's married to Val, who's putting together the Thunderbolts over here. Uh, Okoye, obviously, great character. She was a little more... She was funnier in this movie <laughs> at some points. Where Remember, she was uh, in at MIT trying to get um, Riri, and I think she painted her head because she has tattoos on her head. And so she, like, yeah. she make up her head. And <laughs> that whole situation was funny. Uh, but yeah, Angela Bassett, gotta say, probably the best performance of the movie, I would say, like you like you just like you were talking about, best performance of the movie. Uh, I do think she should win an Oscar for this. And I wish, oh man, I was so upset when she pet when she died in the movie. but because like like you said, in the past, movies we've seen of her she's been kind of more of a supporting character but in this movie she was like one of the main characters like she probably had more lines than shuri did (laughs) so i don't know and i'm looking forward to whatever comes next with wakanda as well as talokan and the intro at the end of the movie at the beginning of the movie i'm sorry beginning of the movie uh, where it's the Marvel loco and it's just all of Chadwick Boseman's scenes in the past movies. Mm. Oh my God, that was so that was so cool because it was silent, right? There was no music behind the logo. It was just silent and watching all of his time in the MCU. And then exactly. that was really cool. And then of course the the big shebang at the end, the mid credit scene. I think we had talked in the past on this podcast about the possibility and rumor that. We were getting the son of of T'Challa in this movie. I I was thinking it might have come sooner, but in sooner in the movie. I mean, I don't know if 
but they, we got it in the mid, mid credit scene when Sherry goes to see Nakia in Haiti, which was was a perfect time to do it. She so Sherry uh, gets introduced to her nephew, uh, T'Challa, what, uh, T'Challa Junior. But what was his what's his actual name? The French name or the one that they call him in, in Haiti? Uh, it doesn't really matter too much. But so he's like seven or eight years old, I think, in this in this movie. So he still has a little bit of time in order to become like pick up the mantle of Black Panther, but it's probably going to be okay because we're not going to, I'm guessing, see the uh, Wakanda for a little bit. We might not see them for a few years, so he'll have some time to age up into his uh, into the character <laughs> that he's going to eventually be. Um, but I thought that was really cool because when we saw the p- post credit scene, I was like, "It's a son! It's a son! I knew it! I knew it was going to see his son!" So I was really excited about it. Really excited to see, that. and it was cool to see Sherry's like like response to it as well. Uh, she was kind of like speechless, <laughs> and yeah. so that was really really cool. But yeah, that I mean that's really all I had on Black Panther. We've been talking for a while on this topic, which was oh, which I definitely know. warranted yeah. because it was a great movie. But did you have any other thoughts regarding Black Panther: Wakanda Forever? No. I think, I'm, I'm, I think that's it for me. Well, like you said, th- that was the end of phase four, ladies and gentlemen. That was the multiverse phase, right? Is that what they called it? The multiverse phase, uh, I believe. Um, Is it? Uh, I think it was the, the multiverse phase should be uh, the next one coming up. Yeah, I agree with you, but that's what they I think that's what they called it, the multiverse phase. Or maybe it was the, oh, okay. the multiverse saga is the next three phases. So maybe that's what that is. So, but yeah, so let's move on from this. We have, uh, just so everyone knows, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special does come out next Friday. So it's going to be 41 minutes and 55 seconds, and it's going to be mainly uh, Drax and, and, and Mantis. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. So yeah, that, that's coming out next week. I'm excited to see that. That will technically be the last thing of Marvel this year, but. I'm guessing they they're counting that as kind of a phase five, but maybe yeah. So well, let's get into main topic number one. So we got Sony and slash Amazon <laughs> are creating a live action Silk series, which is officially titled Silk: The Spider Society. The series will be the first of many for this new partnership with, of course, Sony and, Am- and Amazon. And Angela Kang, which everyone should know from Walking Dead, will be will serve as the showrunner and executive producer of the series. So we'll see Cindy Moon, who, who's Silk, uh, is a Spider-Man-type character that was bit by the same radioactive spider that Peter Parker was bit by. Um, is unknown... If this takes place in the Venom universe, so the universe we've been following with Venom and Morbius, or it might take place in the MCU. I'm guessing it won't, though, because it's not really an MCU and Marvel slash Disney property at the moment. But I'm thinking it could either take place in the Venom universe or another Spider-Man universe like a Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Uh, But... I'm excited about this. I, I, anything we can get from Spider-Man. I know we're getting the uh, the Madam Web s- Madam series Web, yeah. next year. Or is Madam Web movie? I think it's a movie. Yeah. I think we're, we're getting that next year. So that'll be fun to watch. Or is that 2024? I don't know. I don't know anymore. But 
<laughs> they keep shifting this. The it was supposed to come out next year. I think it's still coming out next year. But uh, yeah, we're getting a lot of we'll a lot of Spider Man stuff, Spider Man universe stuff. But we have a we actually have another topic about Spider Man that we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, Stephen, what are your thoughts on this Silk series? I know you probably don't know very much about the character in general, but it is live action, and it might be either in the Venom universe or another universe of Spider Man. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well. Um, I was just questioning whether it's going to be a part of the same uh, Peter Parker universe just because yeah. it feels like their identities basically are just shot for shot. They're com- very comparable together. I mean, like, he is, um, like, Peter Parker, um, he, he's a photographer for the Daily Bugle, right? Daily Bu- no. No, you're right. The, the Bugle. Daily Bugle? Okay. Yeah. Fuck, sorry. I thought I was confusing that with um, <laughs> Superman. My bad. Uh, yeah, David Bugle. <laughs> anyway, Cindy Moon is a reporter for um, when it says Upstart New Media Empire Threats and Menaces wow. under J. Jonah Jameson, who's wow. also Peter Parker's boss. So like, it feels like it's almost shot for shot with the same kind of thing. But um, it says that the worlds collide as an investigation into the series of gangland murders put Silk and everyone she loves in danger. Now, it takes place also in uh, New York City. It's taking place mainly in the underworld of New York. Mm. Um, So, based on what I'm seeing here, I'm very intrigued to see this character introduced into... It's probably not going to be the MCU, but... Yeah. Um... It's, if I was a betting man, I would say it probably isn't because probably gonna be I, I think Sony Marvel probably. would have announced that they're kind of producing it if they're going to be doing anything, but it doesn't sound like it's yeah. anything. I think, yeah, it's going to be a Sony property probably set in the Venom universe, I would say, if I was a betting man. Yeah, if I was a betting man, maybe, maybe this takes place in the same universe as Andrew Garfield. And that would, that be, would be cool. Bring him back. That would be really cool. Yeah, just imagine, like, I didn't... At this point, I'm okay with them not. This sucks to say because there's so much content when it comes to the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like Disney never going to make that leap to take away from Sony because I, I, I kept, I, I kept saying before, just make a record-breaking deal with them. Get all of the rights because you can do so much. But the one thing that Sony has going for them right now is the Spider-Man universe. The one thing that's doing very well. So why would they give that up for anything? Yeah. If they don't have Spider-Man to to fall back on when things aren't going so well, what do they have? I mean, they have Into the Spider-Verse, like that whole Spider-Verse saga for the animated series. And then you have this. You can just keep going and going and going with uh, Spider-Man related content and people are going to eat it up because Spider-Man is a very beloved character and the characters around Spider-Man have become beloved characters. So to expand on the Spider-Verse itself, whether it be animated or live action, is a brilliant idea on Sony's part. So adding Silk <laughs> adding Silk to the mix is a great idea. Yeah. I hope it's a part of the Andrew Garfield universe. That way we can expand on that more because I feel like Take away what the first two movies were, kind of like were duds, because I don't think the the uh, screenwriter did a great job portraying <laughs> the movie at all. The first the two movie movies, movie the only two movies in Andrew Garfield's movie lineup. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> my bad. My bad. <laughs> the first well, two, yeah. The, 
because there could be more but that's true that's there could be more there could be so the those two movies i feel like andrew garfield does everything he possibly can to make it work <coughs> damn make it work <laughs> between peter parker and spider-man but i think he he thrives on spider-man's personality whereas peter parker kind of lacks a little bit but you saw what he could was capable of doing with people um in no way home so i have so much faith that he could pull it off and make his own universe very well known and silk being part of that universe it makes sense as it's the only really way you could do it um yeah. i don't foresee them doing Tobey Maguire's uh spider-man universe and i don't foresee them really going into the uh tom holland spider-man universe because that incorporates uh disney it incorporates uh, Marvel in in there, and you don't really, if you're not really gonna be including them, what's the point of doing something in relation to that universe? So, it it's either gonna be its own separate universe or Andrew Garfield's universe, and I'm I would love to see that happen because then if you build on Silk, you build on Andrew Garfield universe or Andrew Garfield Spider Man, you build on maybe a Miles Morales because. From what cool. they were hinting at in No Way Home, maybe he is the mentor that Miles Morales needs. Uh, so I'm I'm all for it. I mean, I think that Spider Man is just a it's a huge cash grab. It really is, and it's the it's the, the best way to to stop a, a sinking ship. So yeah, good for yeah, them. No. I agree. I agree. Perfect. So I guess we'll see in the future what uh, what universe they decide to put that in. And are you ready to move on to main topic number two? I am. Sweet. Okay, so main topic number two, let's go. Okay, so we have, we have received our official synopsis for the Acolyte series. This is really just a short topic. It's just to inform everybody what's going on, the updates and all that good stuff. But we have a... the. This is what it says for the Acolyte series. A former Padawan reunited with her former her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes. But the forces they confront are more sinister than they anticipated. Uh, this will be a mystery thriller series and will be set in the final days of the High Republic era. So, yeah, looking forward to this. And that's just kind of an update on what this uh, will be. Uh, any thoughts, Stephen? No, oh, yeah. Um... It'd be a nice change of pace from what Star Wars is used to doing, you know, the whole right. um, like that epic thriller mystery thing. That's something that we haven't seen before. We've seen a lot of nostalgia taking place. We've seen a lot of action, a lot of po- politics coming into play. But this just seems like something new for Star Wars. So yeah. I'm excited for it. I think that it will do very well because it's going to be stemming away from what Star Wars, the Star Wars universe is known for. So... To kind of push the envelope, as they say, I think is a smart idea. Yeah, I agree. Doing things that are different, just like the Andor series. Like, that is something totally different than what they've done in the past. And I love it. And I, I d- do think that it could be the best series of 2022. I also do think it's probably the best series Star Wars has ever done. And that's comparing it, of course, with Mandalorian Season 1 and 2. So, I know. I know, I'm crazy. But... Uh, Andor is no, an no. amazing series that, and we'll definitely break down the finale next week. But no, yeah, definitely. Um, so speaking of Andor for a second, because we're in the Star Wars universe now, and you just mentioned it. Uh, so yeah. 
the first two episodes I loved. Second, the second two after that, so episode four and five, it took me a little bit. I, I was really waiting for it to get good again because it kind of just stopped and didn't. Fe- I didn't really know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode six was great. Episode seven, I uh, episode seven, seven and eight, I was like kind of just on the fence about. It. I was like, come on, man, we got to get something going here. But episode nine and ten. Wow. Yeah. Totally changed my perspective on uh, Andor. It definitely is a high tier, like S tier Star Wars TV series or even like a Star Wars property yeah. for that matter. Like it can yeah. compete with some of the best Star Wars movies out there. And the guy, the actor playing uh, Cassian Andor, I got to give him credit again because he, he woes from like just being defeated, staying in a cage or in a cell working for the empire because he just lost it to him starting to try to like escape finding like trying to find ways and find people to 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 be in, in alliance with mm-hmm. and then he just he just goes boom i'm totally against the alliance we got uh, the against the the uh empire we got to strike back no pun intended <laughs> um yeah, and and then they escape, and oh my freaking goodness, was that an amazing um, escape scene? Yeah, I was, I fucking loved it so much, and like Emily, she is kind of like half-heartedly watching Andor series right now. <laughs> but those were a couple episodes that she really loved with me. Like I was, we're sitting there like, whoa, right? Like in episode eight, I think, it, yeah, eight. Uh, episode nine. It was episode nine. Episode nine, at the end of the at the end of the the, the show, when they when they reveal that the empire is not going to let any of them go, they all got burned, and that finally you see um, what the heck is his name, Andy Circus. Yep. Finally turn, and he's like, "We got to do something about this." I'm like, "Fuck yes, all right." And then there's <laughs> the big escape, and then all that happened. I I did see episode eleven. I won't spoil anything for you. Okay, thanks. Um, but. <laughs> I believe that they did a great job pushing forward the plot and moving us towards what we're going to see in episode 12 as well as what we're going to see in season 2. Yeah. Beautifully done. Like I there were so many emotions going throughout this entire uh season so far and based on what they've given us in the last couple episodes or three episodes in my opinion makes it uh a top tier TV series and I got like I just man oh, you feel bad for some of the characters that are involved in in the show. <laughs> Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I won't say anything. But I just oh, I, I do love it. I really do. <laughs> I, I gave up oh, for a little bit just because I was like oh, I don't know if it's gonna get good again. Kind of like falling off. But no, they reclaimed it. Yeah. So I'm, there were a couple of episodes that I really can't call. They're not filler episodes, but they just felt like they were just pushing the, the plot along very slowly. And once they got going again, they went hard and i was happy about it yeah uh there's so many things going on at once like five different subplots going on right now but none of them really have to have to do with nostalgia purposes or anything like that so i'm very thankful for that because we're get, they're giving us new content yeah that's all i gotta say all right well that's good to know i can't wait to watch episode 11 at some point i, I i've just been i feel like i've just been so busy i just forgot to watch it i ended up watching the um what i did end up watching was the uh Santa Clauses on Disney Plus, the one with, uh, of course, Tim Allen. 
he came back and he, yeah, he's Tim Allen came back for, for Santa Claus and was, there was two episodes on Disney plus. So check that out if you haven't already, but yeah. So topic number three, let's get into that. Let's get into it right now. Woo-hoo. All right. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Abdul Manteen, the second is officially set to play Wonder Man in Marvel Studios' upcoming series. It's set to be six episodes. They are currently casting for the antagonist, and this should start filming around April of next year. So I know there's really not much to know about it. We're just uh, with the main actor. I think he plays in Candyman. I think he's the bad uh, one of the actors in Candyman. But other than that, I, we haven't really I haven't really seen him in a lot of things. But he's going to be playing Wonder Man in the MCU. So, uh, Stephen, do you have any thoughts about this? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting to see an, another character being brought to the surface in the MCU. So that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wonder Man's a big character, I think, I think that, in, in Secret Wars, I believe. So. Yeah, so if you're going to start introducing all these different characters that are going to be very relevant towards the Secret Wars or like even like Kang Dynasty or stuff like that. Like I I'm excited to see it. I mean like I have nothing really to say about Wonder Man cuz I don't really have much information on. I don't really know much about him, but they're re- they're they've done a, a a great job introducing new characters for us. They're going to be relevant later on. Yeah. So if this is a character that they they have high hopes for, good. Yeah. That's good. I can't I will definitely um be seeing that, of course have to but yeah there's there's so many things i want to i like podcast about before the year's done um for example and i'm, I'm just going to share this with everyone on the podcast as well as steven i want to do a separate podcast this is probably gonna be all separate podcasts by the way so i'm gonna we're gonna have to find a time for this <laughs> probably all in december uh when there's no tv series going on at the moment uh, but we're probably going to do a podcast on what's coming down the pipeline for 2023. So what's coming in 2023, Star Wars, uh, Marvel, and DC. And another like during that time, we could do a what's starting production in 2023 as well. That'd be a cool one. And then we got to fi- break down Phase 4 because Phase 4 just ended. So we got to do a podcast on breaking down Phase 4, going going over what happened, uh, what we got in 2022, as well as what we got in 2021. So everything together, what was phase four about? Uh, did we like it? And are we excited for phase five? So that's one. And then of course, I want to do, I want to do a breakdown of all the character, all the new characters we've gotten in the Marvel universe since, uh, since the start of phase four, because we've gotten so many brand new characters that are just going to be building into secret wars and Kang dynasty that I cannot wait. They're building the universe so much. So I think I want to do a podcast on that as well. So I at least have a, a, around three podcasts <laughs> that we're planning for 2020 for the next few weeks. But And Wonder, right. Wonder Man, of Can't course, wait. is one of them that we're going to talk about. So, all right. Uh, so let's move on to f- t- topic number four. So we have an, another update, of course. We just want to update you on this one. But updates are on Captain America New World Order. Harrison Ford, I know this was uh, announced a few weeks ago, but we didn't didn't get to talk about it because it was announced around the time that we uh, released the last podcast. So Harrison Ford will be playing General Ross and will be president in the movie. He will also transform into Red Hulk during the movie. 
So that's really all we know about the movie. Uh, it kind of seems like, because it's, it's going to be post-Secret uh, Invasion, right? So, which is post-Black Panther kind of forever. So I feel like these movies and TV series are kind of in one little area where Black Panther, of course, we saw the, the world and the U.S. are trying to get vibranium and they're trying to get a, a new weapon, right? And then we got Secret mm. Invasion, uh, which will be coming out next year, early next year. That'll be having to do with um, the scrolls in like in taking over people who have lives and things like that. So that will be that the government's going to be heavily involved in that um, that series. And then of course, Captain America: New World Order sounds like it's going to be a with General Ross being in it. The government's going to be involved as well. So it's going to be another one like that. And then uh, what else? What else we got? Then we got of course. Thunderbolts coming later as well. So I think all of these are going to be, we're going to be building the government aspect because even in Falcon and Winter Soldier, like that was a lot of government stuff, right? So I think, yeah, it's going to be a lot of government stuff. It was. But yeah. this, it's cool <laughs> that they recasted because uh, we, General Ross is a cool character. So Harrison Ford, <laughs> I mean, he's like, 80 years old but they probably could have casted someone that's a little younger so to avoid what happened uh before it happened again so oh yeah but i honestly don't think they could have cast anybody else as general ross i think that this was the perfect recast you do okay well that's good uh, choice that's yeah good. i mean harrison ford he <laughs> playing a president again that's gonna be awesome Playing a president um, again. get off my plane uh, <laughs> but <laughs> No, I think General Ross is a very polarizing character, and I feel like a lot of people will agree with me when I say that Harrison Ford, while not a polarizing actor, he can play a polarizing character very well. Mm -hmm. I mean, Indiana Jones is a very polarizing person, if you think about it. Um, <laughs> Han Solo. Han Solo can be a very polarizing person. Like, <laughs> Even though the audience loves them, doesn't mean that the characters that are interacting with them truly do like he can be very uh, like a nuisance and i think that harrison ford can play a very very spot-on version of uh general ross yeah and now president ross and now and, president ross you got it yeah right that's and funny now that yeah and now that they're going to be they've they, they've mentioned that uh he's going to be playing they're going, they're going to be uh bringing in uh red hulk He's going to transform into mm -hmm. Red Hulk. That's right. I think for the first time, even before, um, like in the first Hulk movie that came out in like the early two thousands, he didn't tr transform then. In my, if he I'm didn't. Not mistaken. He so didn't. No, you're right. This will be our first time seeing Red Hulk and seeing what they do storyline wise with the Red Hulk because you have Red Hulk, you have She Hulk, you have Bruce Banner Hulk, you have. Um, Abomination, you have all these different characters in one space. So how are you going to utilize Red Hulk to the best of your abilities? Because is he going to be is he going to be relevant in the Thunderbolts movie? Is he going to be relevant in the America, uh, Captain oh, America? Oh, for sure. Order? He's definitely like, going to be relevant oh. in the Thunderbolts movie, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's literally so, called the Thunderbolts. <laughs> like, like Thunderbolt Ross, right? <laughs> so, right. Thunderbolt Thaddeus but, Ross. Like, right. But with all of the characters that you had, we, we had talked about that are going to be in this movie, um, 
there there have been times where the main character can be overshadowed by side characters because of their relevance or because the actor is just better at uh, their the, of the screen time that they have. They're better at taking it in and giving the audience what they want. Uh, but Harrison Ford, I'm not that kind of guy. You don't overshadow Harrison Ford. So <laughs> uh, he's I yeah I agree with you. He's going to be a big part of this movie, regardless of like if he's supposed to be. I don't think anybody's overshadowing him in this time. At this time, I think that he's going to take the stage and he's going to do a f- phenomenal job. Yeah. Okay. Well, I cannot wait to see him in uh, in a couple years. Um, he might maybe he'll be in Secret Invasion as well because there's supposed to be a different president in Secret Invasion. So maybe he's a scroll or maybe he dies, but eventually general ross becomes president ross and and uh we're gonna get that in captain america new world order so looking forward to that movie but yeah so let's move on to geek, geek topic number five and this is our last geek topic as well as the one i'm most excited about and of course because i love spider-man but let's get into it so according to some insiders tom holland has apparently signed a new contract with sony and marvel so we got we're gonna be getting three new movies as well as three new appearances in the MCU, kind of similar to what he had before, where he's appear- he appeared in Infinity War and Endgame, and he, I think that was it. No, oh no, what else did he appear in? I don't know, I think that was it. Yeah, Civil War. Oh, Civil War, that's right. Civil uh, War was Infinity the third War, one. Yeah. Endgame. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's seeming like we're going to be getting him in Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars, as well as maybe a cameo in Daredevil Born Again is what we're hearing. But yeah, so Sony has an event called CCXP that happens every year, and it's usually in December, and I think it happens in Brazil, I believe, uh, but they mentioned that there's going to be some a few surprises at this, this year's event, which they're going to obviously want to sell the event, but this happens December 1st through the 4th, and I think that's actually where they released a trailer for a Spider-Man movie a couple years ago. But yeah, I'm really excited about this this new. I know it's, it's probably real. And it's only rumored at the moment, but it it was coming down the line anyway. Like he was not gonna stay away from being Spider-Man forever. So three new Spider-Man movies. I'm hoping that the the next one we get is mainly about him. But then of course bringing in Miles Morales. I hope the second one is about him training Miles Morales, and then I hope the third one is just Miles Morales would be great and then peter parker just kind of doing his own side thing kind of like the second spider-man game where it was the miles morales of course because spider-man going on vacation is going on vacation Ooh, i would love for them to just take straight from the game yeah that would be good that would be good but yeah i'm really excited about this what do you think steven <laughs> i'm definitely excited about this i I didn't expect them to make this decision so quickly because it's only been a year since No Way, not even a year since No Way Home came out. Yeah. And so I thought that they were just going to give Tom Holland some time before they really made the decision. I guess, I guess that, I, I get it that like Marvel and Disney, like they, they really like to have that like five year plan in place or 10 year plan. So mm-hmm. they have a lot, they've been, they're planning all of the time, constantly building stuff together. So he might not appear for another like couple of years. But to have this contract in place, it solidifies his role in the MCU because you, you need Spider-Man, honestly, whether it be a P- Peter Parker Spider-Man or Miles Morales or 
any of the other Spider People that we had, we were mentioning before. Mm-hmm. Like, you need Spider Man in the MCU, That's or right. or in you know in general, you need Spider Man. So, um, it's nice to see that he's coming back. That he's willing to come back. I know that it can be tough to sign these big long term contracts because you can't get out of them, and there's a lot of press releases and, and a lot of commitment that you have to put yourself through and it can be stressful but yeah i think that tom holland's doing a great thing to come back for not just three movies three appearances separately which will most likely be it won't i don't think it's gonna be a, a minor thing it's gonna be something big that really contributes to the storyline so uh i'm really excited i really am nice yeah, I, of course, am, too. I love the Spider-Man movies, and uh, anything more we can get from Tom Holland and Spider-Man is good. I love the ending of the last of the No Way Home, where everyone forgot who he was, and now he's just kind of doing his thing, kind of like in the game, where he's living in an apartment, and he's going to school, and he's working part-time, so it's like, that that's perfect, because I, I hope they do something like that, where he doesn't live, like, where he lives, like, in New York City, right? And... Yeah, he's working odd jobs, and yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing more Tom Holland in the MCU, but yeah. So let's get into the main event of the evening. We got the Thanksgiving draft, right? So because I'm such a gracious host, I'm going to let Steven go first. And uh, so (laughs) I'm going to jot down who you end up picking. So, Stephen, what is your first pick for who you would bring Thanksgiving dinner? And you have to give a little bit of a, a reason why. Why you'd like that person okay. at your dinner. Okay. Well, Matthew, I'm going to give you my Thanksgiving lineup here. My first person on my Thanksgiving lineup is... Drumroll, please. Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield. I feel like last year, didn't you pick Dobie, Tobey Maguire? <laughs> now it's Andrew no, Garfield. Was Mike. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That was Mike. <laughs> I picked Tobey Maguire. Just Tobey Maguire. It wasn't even like Spider-Man. It was Tobey <laughs> Maguire. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So why would you pick yeah, Andrew so Garfield? Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. Got it. Because I feel like out of all the Spider-Man, his just the most goofy and the most un- uh, unique. You, it's the most genuine to the to who Spider-Man is, who can he can be. He's a goofball. The things he says, like especially in No Way Home, <laughs> that stuff is coming out of you. Oh, I'm I'm lame. I'm so lame. No, you're not. I'm lame, guys. Yeah, I, I just I I fought a rhino. <laughs> That's all I got. But like. I feel like his his conversations would just be so worthwhile. Like it'd be like a you, you write down every single thing he says because it's it's gonna be stupid or goofy or just a combination of the two. So that is my first pick, Matthew. Okay, very good. I agree with you. That would be a really good pick. Any Spider Man's a really good pick. All right, so my first pick will be Alfred from, of course, the Batman Mansion, uh, and the reason why I pick Alfred. Is because he's a butler, so he'll make us dinner and clean and stuff. So, and plus we get to, as a perk, we get to use Batman's house, Bruce Wayne's house. So that's the reason why I am going to pick him over just to make <laughs> well, him wait on you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the reason why I'm picking Alfred as my first pick today. Go for it, Stephen. Okay. So it's like a, a package deal there. So like Alfred, <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll make an appearance. Maybe it's to me. It's his house. So. 
cool beans. It's cool beans. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm going <laughs> to... Damn. I'm going to go into the same universe as you. Okay. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like I didn't do that much last year, but I have five. I'm not, I'm not sure how many you picked, but I have five on my lineup right now. I have three, and I don't cool. have... I mean, I don't have five. I could probably make five. All right, let's, uh-huh. let's do five. Go All ahead. Right. All right, I have five plus an honorable mention just in case one of the people can't make it. But anyway, so I'm going to go to your universe now. Uh, Beast Boy. Okay. Uh, that, that dude can eat. He is a fiend. He loves video games. So when we are waiting for dinner to be, to be made, me and him, and maybe you, are playing Madden, as we always do for a Thanksgiving tradition. We're watching the... Um, Thanksgiving Day Parade. We are going to be maybe playing some football outside, some flag football. Cause I feel like he'd be a very useful uh, teammate to have in flag football because he can transform into whatever the heck he wants. Like he'll be, he'll have the football in his hands <laughs> as a uh, gorilla at one point, and then he'll transform into a freaking bird, and then he can get this on easily. That's anyway, not a bad idea. Getting away. Um, yeah. So it'd be a lot of fun. He can do a lot of things, and you know, I just think. Him and Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, would click very well. Yeah, I would say so. All right, so I'm trying to think who I want to say next. I'll say, all right, I'll say this one. Uh, so I'm going to go with America Chavez. Uh, Good choice. She, Why would that be? Yeah, so she. So we could have, <laughs> well, so because she's, She's young, she's hip, she's fun, and uh, she's funny, and she can punch whole shape objects, whole whole shape, star shaped dimensions open. So it'll be kind of the entertainment of the evening, uh, with with that. And yeah, so that's the reason why I'm picking America Chavez. <laughs> okay, I I like your reasoning. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My next person that I'm going to be inviting to Thanksgiving dinner is going to be Into the Spider-Verse's Miles Morales. Okay. Yes. I think that he is a clumsy... Specifically Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like um, in the game, he is a brainiac and he has his moments to be funny, but it's more serious than anything else, I think. But in Into the Spider-Verse, I feel like... He's just very clumsy, very goofy. Um, what else can I say about him? He's a Spider-Man. It's awesome. It's He's a awesome. Spider-Man. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, watching him um, rope down in through the ceiling or whatever or through a window, being like, hi, hi guys, sorry I'm late, <laughs> with uh, some pumpkin pie or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I feel like him and Beast Boy would click easily like they'd they'd have a lot of fun together yeah um and then also andrew garfield spider-man and miles morales like they have a lot of things to talk about and maybe at this little dinner that is what helps andrew garfield spider-man become miles morales's mentor and look at that i am a matchmaker and you solved it 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I am what I am the, the, the perfect matchmaker because then you know what? You got a mentor and a mentee formed mentor at Thanksgiving and a mentee. dinner. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, for my third pick, I'm going to go with The Flash and specifically Grant Gustin's Flash uh, from the CW. So my reasoning is because he's a cool guy and I think he could he could run to Italy and get us a pizza or some gelato or he could run to <laughs> run to like Mexico or Colombia, get us some Colombian food. Perfect. So pretty Pretty much he's doing us uh, chores. Another person who's doing chores. Uh, but yeah, he could... Yeah, exactly. Yep. You're always using your, your, your guys. <laughs> I know. Man. I know. It's not good. I, I need to stop using my guests. Uh, I need to just let them be guests and not uh, use them. But yeah, I mean, it's hey, always, it's always a How perk. Can you go to the store real quick? <laughs> Can you come to the store real quick? I mean, what, for the Flash, yeah. it's, a, it's in 10 seconds. 10 seconds you could get that pizza, right? So... Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So that's kind of my reasoning. And I, I like Grant Gustin as well. So, all right, moving on. What's your fourth pick, Stephen? All right, my friend. My name is Korg. I'm made of rocks. Oh, Korg. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, mainly because of his storytelling. I feel like he would tell oh, some damn. badass stories, some bonkers stories that Thanksgiving dinner. That's good. Dinner. That's good. And, we'd, and everyone we have at the table so far would eat it up. I would eat it up. But you know what? Spider-Man would eat it up. He'd be like, what? I wish I fought that guy. I wish I had a, a goat that, that uh, screamed at every single waking moment of my movie. Uh, <laughs> I wish that I had uh, transforming powers into uh, an animal like of any kind. I wish that I could shoot webs out of my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. It'd be fun. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick, dude. I think most of, all your picks are good. I messed up. I should have thought about these a little bit more. Uh, okay, well, my uh, my fourth pick is going to be Madison with two N's and a Y, and it's not where you think. So, yes. so I'm going to pick Madison from, of course, She-Hulk, uh, because she seems like she's a really, really cool and fun, and I think that she would keep the party going. Um in the in the times where it's starting to slow down a little bit plus she's a talkative person so there'll never be a dull moment in the evening uh so that is the reason why i'm gonna pick madison with two n's and a y and it's not where you think so steven what is your (laughs) final pick i always chose wong because of the same yeah because i would want to watch movies and tv shows with them and try spoiling the ending for him but you know what? I'm glad I didn't because that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right. So my last pick is Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like he'd, he would be a, a very cool guest to have. Um, he could bring some of his sea buddies over as well with <laughs> as guests. I okay. feel like, yeah, I feel... I don't know. I feel like you could have some really fun conversations with Aquaman. Um, <laughs> I feel like Aquaman and Beast Boy would get along very well. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have, but uh, I feel like Korg and Aquaman would make for a very fun conversation. Um, they would both be telling each other stories, like their war stories back to back. One would be kind of dark. One would be kind of fun. They'd be like, we don't really mesh well together, do we? I guess not. <laughs> oh okay but that would be 
my last pick. And if one of these guys cannot show up for some reason, say they're sick, say they uh, accidentally turned themselves into a fly and got swatted by accident, um, (laughs) or they were on a mission and got stuck somewhere, or they made a rocks and they got destroyed, I don't know. Something like that. If one of them could not make it to Thanksgiving dinner, I have an honorable mention. Okay. And that honorable mention would be Peacemaker. Okay, that's a good because one. Even if he's the most awkward person on the planet, it's still absolutely just... It's absolutely hilarious because it would be so uncomfortable with some of the things that he says. <laughs> I think that always adds for a good story. <laughs> All right, well, I agree with you there. I'm going to go with... This one's difficult. This one's difficult. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Lucky the Pizza Dog. And we need, need to have a pet. And, <laughs> we need to have a, a, like a, a lucky pizza dog. And he loves pizza. And, of course, the Flash is going to get pizza. So, uh, so yeah, that is, that is my final pick. And I don't have an honorable mention. I was going to say Drax. Maybe I'll say Drax. Cause, oh, tracks would be a good one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was that's what I was when I was gonna say, but I kind of changed up my lineup because yours were so good, and mine sucked. So, no, I just, stop it. <laughs> so great, you. I am still at a baffled that you think that your lineup is bad. <laughs> well, so you we'll, are awesome. <laughs> thanks, thank you. So my my list consists of Madison with two N's and a Y, Alfred, uh, America Chavez, Lucky the Pizza Dog, and The Flash, Grant Gustin. And of course, yours is Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, Beast Boy, Into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales, Korg, Jason Momoa, and then, I'm sorry, who was the last one you said? Uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker, if, that's uh, right. One of those guys can't make it, yeah. Right, that's right, Peacemaker. He's the alternate, okay. <laughs> hey, you got a lot of, uh, a lot of DC here. Huh. Yeah, I know. My most of my list last year, I'm pretty sure, was Marvel. So I, I, I kind of tried switching it up a little bit. Nice, very nice. Okay, well, that was our Thanksgiving draft of 2022. Of course, we did one in 2021, which was really fun. So feel free to check that out if you want to go back to a year ago. <laughs> so, oh, but yeah, so that that's pretty much all we got for you. Is there anything you wanted to bring up, Stephen? Uh, no, I don't think I, 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 I did, but you know where you can find us people? Oh my God. Here we go. Where can you find us? You can, you can find us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. You know where else you can find us? You can also find us on Instagram. There's a flavor of the geek podcast, Instagram account that we have that we, it's mainly just, um, you know, just advertising all of our stuff that we do. Same thing with our flavor of the geek. TikTok yeah. channel. TikTok. Yeah. We also have a flavor of the geek pod at gmail.com email address mm-hmm. that you know you can use if you want to. It doesn't matter what you use it for. You can you can send us uh, your um, opinions on things and we will uh, read them on the podcast if you if you so dare mm-hmm. to send us your opinions. We shall talk about it if we agree or disagree. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. That is what we got. That is where you can find us. I know you didn't ask about that. But you know what? <laughs> I was it's going really to. on my mind. 
It was on my mind. It was on your mind. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it was good to be back. Good talking geek with you. Uh, and, yeah, so next week we got, of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And we have the last episode of Andor. So I got to watch episode 11 before we watch episode 12. But, yeah, that's coming all next week. And then the week after that, nothing. Nothing's out. Nothing's coming. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be more geek news and we'll do the, the rest of the things I mentioned I wanted to do with looking forward, looking back, and looking at all the characters that we have uh, that are new from Phase 4. But, yeah, I think that will do it for this episode of the Flavor of the Geek podcast. And remember, my name is Matthew. My name is Steven. And we love you 3,000.